are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? The always wonderful and charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got a whole bunch to talk about. Uh, we got Eduardo Escobar becoming an all-star. We got Adrubal Cabrera trade rumors. We're talking about Saturday night's game against the San Francisco Giants. So we got a whole bunch I want to cover today. But before we get there, if you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, we have the podcast for you. Lockdown MLB Prospects, hosted by minor league play-by-play voice Arm Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Lockdown MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's jump right into that conversation discussing Saturday night's game to the San Francisco Giants. So last night, the Arizona Diamondbacks, it was Saturday night, the Arizona Diamondbacks played the San Francisco Giants. It was just another one of those games where I said, hey, this game just perfectly illustrates all the frustrations we've been feeling with Diamondbacks this season. And how many times have you guys heard me say that this year? Seemingly after every crushing loss, I come on the spot and say, hey, D-backs blow another game that they should have won. And Saturday night was just another example of that. They're bullpen as always blew the game late for the Arizona Diamondbacks the D-backs bullpen is the third worst in the majors in terms of ERA they have the fewest uh, the fewest saves of any team in baseball and that's not really uh shocking to anyone they really don't save uh, a lot of games at all you know why because they're never in position to win any games you can't save any games if you're not up in the ninth inning with the position uh we're in position to win it and that's been a, a big issue as to why the D-backs don't have any saves this year. Uh, they're never in position to win any game. So uh, that's why you never see them high on those save opportunity lists this season. Uh, as we all know, it's been a, a disgusting season for the D-backs. You don't have to keep beating that horse. And last night's game was just another example of them not coming through the biggest moments in terms of pitching offensively they were coming through last night and they were doing some clutch things at the plate nick ahmed was good at the plate he went two for four with the home run two rbis hit a walk couple of runs scored as well he did a little bit of everything even as Drupal cabrera did a little bit of something last night three for five three singles but still rbi run scored he did a little bit of everything and toy lavello was really pleased with the team's effort he said I couldn't have been more pleased with the effort and the focus. So that was maybe not the best paraphrasing by me because I basically paraphrased the quote that I was about to read to you. But still, Toy Lavello was still happy with last night's effort despite the loss. And we got to see Jacob Freya 
once again make a start for the D-backs. His second start with the team uh, since they signed him on June 19th. And he started the game with some, uh, let's say with a little bit of trouble because uh, he got himself into some tough situations. He put some runners on the bases early, but he was able to limit the damage early in the game. We know the D-backs are awful in the first inning this season. They've almost been... Uh, doubled outscored in the first inning. Is that how you would phrase that? They've almost given up twice as many runs in the first inning as they've scored this season. I believe it's like 55 to 35, somewhere around that ratio. And the D-backs are just getting absolutely crushed in the first inning. And they were starting off pretty bad against Saturday night. Uh, gave up a couple of singles, walked a person in the first inning as well. But Jacob Faria was able to battle and get out of that first inning. Uh, he was able to get two consecutive outs and able to escape the jam. He had a clean second inning as well. So after getting out of the trouble in the first, it looked like he was starting to settle in in the second. But the third inning just did not go Faria's way. And neither did the D-backs defense. It was not like he got helped out at all. Uh, he gave up a uh, two-run bomb to Mike Yastrzemski that put the Giants up to nothing. We saw a, a bobbled, not bobbled play, but a miscommunication in the outfield between Pavin Smith and David Peralta that uh, basically scored a run for the Giants off the bat of Brandon Crawford. And it, it was just poor defense, like what we've seen from the D-backs all season. That used to be the D-backs calling card the last two or three years. Uh, maybe the last three years, the D-backs have been one of the best defensive teams in all of baseball, and they just have not exemplified that at all this season. So the D-backs put themselves in a 4 nothing hole yesterday. Uh, Fourier was able to bounce back by putting together another clean inning in the fourth, but after allowing four runs on seven hits with three strikeouts and two walks, his night was over. Faria ended up giving up seven hits overall, one home run. He only threw 74 pitches, 44 of them for strikes. He threw 39 fastballs. 39 of his 74 pitches were fastballs. 31 of his 74 pitches were curveballs. So it was basically, uh, basically just went uh, fastball, curveball all night. But after Faria came out the game, the D-backs bats came alive a little bit. They answered uh, in the next inning, the D-backs did. The D-backs actually had a string where they scored in the third inning, the fourth inning, and in the fifth inning. So after a four-run third given up by Jake Faria, the D-backs put up two in the bottom of the third, then two in the fourth, and one in the fifth. So they were able to take a 5-4 lead. It looks like the D-backs were possibly going to hold on and get themselves a win. But as always, the D-backs bullpen wasn't able to come through for the team. It's always either the offense coming up short or the bullpen coming up short. And last night, it was the bullpen. Toy Lavello was trying to leverage his bullpen last night uh, by the short outing by Jacob Faria. He had Mantipoli go, then Castellanos, then uh, Ramirez all come out to get the D-backs to the eighth inning. But in the eighth inning, Ryan Buchter came out, and he struggled mightily with his command. He was walking dudes left and right. Then he gave up a two-run bomb to Austin Slater, who absolutely crushed the pitch for 482 feet. Uh, D-backs end up losing because the D-backs in these eighth inning against the Giants love to give up clutch home runs. Usually it's Mike Yastrzemski. They walked him before Austin Slater came up to the plate. And yesterday, Austin Slater did the dagger blow. D-backs, another 
frustrating, tough, heart-wrenching, crushing blow. D-backs unable to make the comeback. They are now 2-55 and when trailing after eight innings and 2-20 and in games decided by one run. Toy Lovello was happy, at least with his team's effort and th- their fight last night. Nick Ahmed has similar sentiments, but I don't care about how good your fight is and your effort is. You got to win these games, and right now, uh, I mean, I, I would want them to win a game like that, but right now it's actually better if they keep losing these games. Go for the number one overall pick. Winning games is not going to help you right now. Anyway, it seems like the D-backs are locked into 100 losses, and they might be locked into the worst franchise record in their history. They might lose 109 or more games, so we'll see. Uh, it's shaping up to be one of the worst seasons of any baseball team in Major League history, and right now, it might as well be in the record books uh, for something because I don't know the next time the D-backs are going to put up historic numbers. So if the D-backs are going to put up historic numbers and be in the record books, I don't really care if it's for losing because, like they say, any publicity is good publicity. Now I'll get into Eduardo Escobar becoming a first-time All-Star. But first, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. get back to the pod so eduardo escobar was named to the national league all-star game roster he's gonna be the representative for the arizona dimebacks and i don't think that's surprising if i had to vote for an all-star from the d-backs it would have been eduardo escobar but the only reason i did that pod uh, not too long ago when i did who should be the d-backs all-star paven smith or josh rojas i did that pod because i didn't think Eduardo Escobar would still be on this D-backs team by the time the All-Star game rolled around or rolls around. And that still might not be the case. He still not might, he still might not be on this team by the time the All-Star game happens. But because there were so many rumors, so many uh MLB insiders tweeting out that a deal is imminent, I just felt like I should pay respects to a Paven Smith or a Josh Rojas and give them, uh, make the case for one, them to be the D-backs all-star representative. But if I knew every, if there was no trade deadline and the D-backs had a better record and I knew all these players were going to be on the team through the all-star break, I would have voted for Eduardo Escobar to be the D-backs all-star because he's having the most all-star season of any D-backs players. And this is going to be the first all-star game for the corner infielder, for the versatile infielder, Eduardo Escobar. Been in the big leagues for 11 years. And this is what he had to say after being named to his first all-star game. 
For me, I'm so happy. I'm so happy because I work hard every year for the opportunity to go to the All-Star Game. I'm so happy. Today is a special day for me, for my wife, my family, and for my teammates. To represent Arizona, I think, is the most important thing. So, Eduardo Espar, super happy. You know, not going to say anything crazy in a Zoom press conference about being named to the All-Star Game. He's not going to come out there and be like, yeah, it's about time I'm in this All-Star Game. You guys have been putting fools over me for years. I've been overlooked for years. And now it's my time. Eduardo Espar, he's not going to do that. He's a humble guy. He's a sweet guy. He's not going to talk like that, which is a reason why everyone loves a little Fogo, why everyone wants a bite of a little Fogo power. The dude seems to have electric personality, and he seems to have one of those magnetic personalities that makes people just want to hang out with him. But Espar, named to the Major League roster, the National League roster for the All-Star Game, threw 81 games, 309 at-bats, Wado Espar slashing 249, 296, and 472, entering Sunday with 18 home runs, 11 doubles, 2 triples, and 54 RBIs. And I can say entering Sunday because he's not going to be in the July 4th lineup. Toy Lavello giving his veteran a little extra rest uh, as the D-backs host the San Francisco Giants in this series finale. So Escobar uh, doesn't have to do... Uh, doesn't have to play in that game Sunday. He's going to able to get some extra rest and really just soak in his all-star game a nomination or not even nomination, selection, and can go celebrate with the family, go watch some fireworks. He's not having an elite season, but considering uh, all the other D-backs players in the seasons they are putting together, he's definitely deserving. I think those 18 home runs and those 54 RBIs are a big reason why he's making this all-star team because he's one of the league leaders in those two categories. Eduardo Espar is 54 RBIs. Uh, that's going to rank pretty highly among all players in the National League. Uh, most, Because if you just think about it, that would put Eduardo Escobar on a pace for about what? over 100 RBIs. Right now, he's fifth. He's tied for fifth, or not tied for fifth, but he is fifth in the National League in RBIs with 54. Right behind, uh, right behind the two Padres, Tatis and Machado, Ozzy Albies, and Adam Duvall. So Escobar won the league leaders in RBIs. When we look at him in terms of home runs. He's tied for six with Javier Baez and Rice Hoskins or Reese Hoskins and Max Muncy. They're all tied at 18 home runs by right behind Duval, Winker, Acuna, Schwarber, and Tati. So Eduardo Espar putting together a pretty uh pretty solid season. And in 2019, that might have been his best case to make an all-star team. I mean, I don't think he's ever been robbed of an all-star game uh in any years of his major league career. I mean, he usually doesn't put up all-star game worthy numbers. He's had a couple seasons uh, pre-D-back at 20-plus home runs, but still, he never had an average better than like 275 uh, prior to the D-backs. He always had a pretty mediocre OBP. I mean, if he got it on base, uh, if he had an OBP around 305, uh, that was pretty high for Escobar. He usually topped out at 309, so he's not really OBP, guys. More of a slugger, and still, his slugging numbers never really slugged 500 prior to the D-backs. He's usually in the mid-400s to low-400s. Usually had an OPS around 
750 to 700. So not like Escobar put up crazy numbers, but when he came to the D-backs, he actually took off just a little bit. In 2018 and only 54 games, he had pretty solid numbers where he batted 268, 772 OPS, eight home runs. And then 2019, 2019 was probably the best year of Escobar's career, the best case uh the best case he had to be named an all-star prior to 2021. He led the National League with 10 home runs, 35 bombs, 118 ribbies, 831 OPS. He definitely put up some all-star numbers in 2019, but he had a pretty loaded field to go against. He also had a Chris Bryant who can play a third base. He had to go against Jeff McNeil, who had a pretty good season, a Mike Moustakis, who had a pretty good season, a Trevor Story, who, of course, has always put together great seasons. So it wasn't like Escobar was even robbed in 2019. There were just so many other guys that had uh, great seasons as well compared to Eduardo Escobar. Uh, the biggest thing with Escobar this season that I'm kind of turned off by is that strikeout percentage is the worst it's been since coming to Arizona, 21.8%. That career low, not career low, but D-backs low, 6.3% walk percentage. Since he's been in a D-backs uniform, uh, it's been his worst walk percentage during his tenure with the team. So high strikeout percentage during his tenure with the team and lowest walk percentage. Those are two numbers you don't like to see, but I still believe Escobar is going to be traded. He's still got a lot of value. Still has an exit velocity of 87.9 miles per hour. Hard hit percentage at 35%, which is the best during his D-backs tenure. Uh, he's mostly a fly ball kind of guy. 35.7% of his uh, balls that leave his bat have been fly balls this season. The highest during his D-backs tenure. So he's getting the ball in the air as well. And that's what teams like to see. They want to see hard hits. They want to see that launch angle. They want to see balls in the air. Teams want to see more home runs. So Escobar has been pretty good in the power department, the slugging department. I wanted Joshua Haas or Pavin Smith to be in the All-Star game if Escobar was going to be traded prior to the All-Star game. But if he's going to be here through the All-Star game, he's definitely the most deserving D-back. And I'm glad to see Fogo is going to be in the All-Star game after 11 years of Major League Baseball. I'll wrap up the pod discussing some Adrubal Cabrera trade rumors and that Zach Gallant injury. But before we get there, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because available this week, only July 6th to the 9th, get the new Built Bar flavor, Grasshopper Cookie. What does it taste like? This is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint Cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar, 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 5 grams of sugar. Did you know Built Bar also has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There's a flavor for everyone. And right now, go order that grasshopper cookie because you don't want to miss out on it. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that neat? Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. All right, Zach Gallen. Let's talk a little bit about Zach Gallen because if you guys didn't see Friday's game, Zach Gallen was unfortunately taken out early 
of Friday's game because of injury. He was getting roughed up a little bit. He only went two innings against the Giants, gave up three earned runs, five hits, three walks before being pulled out for hamstring tightness. And they're calling it a grade one, uh, grade one hamstring strain right now. So they're putting him, Zach Allen, on the 10-day injured list. And they're calling up catcher Brian Holiday from AAA Reno. So the D-backs are going to be carrying three catchers, Holiday, uh, batting 263 with seven home runs and 30 RBIs in 30 games with the Aces. And for Zach Allen, this is just continuing the season for hell, the season for from hell for everyone. Gallon, Ketel Marte, a whole bunch of other guys, D-backs fans. Uh, just everything surrounding this team makes them feel like they're cursed. Gallon, in 41 innings pitch this season, has a 4.17 ERA, not the same Gallon we normally see. Still, strikeouts per nine, as good as ever, 10.8. But his walks per nine at 4.6, very high for Zach Gallon, the highest during his D-backs tenure. He's not really a guy who walks batters at a crazy rate, but this year his command has not been the same as usual. We know how good Zach Gallon is. This guy is a stud. This guy absolutely dominates batters, but this season Zach, uh, Zach Gallon has given up a lot of hard contact. His exit velocity against batters this season, 88.5 miles per hour. It's never been above 86.8 during his D-backs tenure. So a two miles per hour in exit velocity, worse than any other season during his D-backs tenure. That's not good. Hard hit percentage above 40%, 41.8% this year. It's never been above 40 in any season with the D-backs prior to this year. So we just look at some of those hard contact numbers. It makes you wonder uh, how much has Zach Gallen been hurting up there on the mound how much have injuries played into Zach Allen's lack of success this year because we know what Zach Allen can do we've all seen it but he started the year with a hairline stress fracture in his right forearm had to miss more than a month for that then he got to rejoin in April then he was on the injured list again for a UCL sprain. He would miss another month of baseball for that before coming back on June 17th. Now he's going on the injured list again with a hamstring strain. So if I'm the D-backs, I'm going to be thinking about shutting down Zach Gallon because uh, th this is just getting out of hand, all these injuries, and you want to make sure he's healthy. He's dealt with arm issues. You don't want to turn that into a Tommy John situation. So if you got to sit Zach Gallon. Nothing wrong with that. Gallon did set the major league record of allowing three earned runs or fewer in his first 23 starts to begin his major league career. You can never forget that. One of the greatest stats ever. Back when the D-backs were doing historic things on the good side, positive historic things. Now they're doing historic things on the negative side. But either way, we need to get Zach Gallon healthy. That man with Ketel Marte, they're the future of this team. And Gallon being even a little bit younger, probably going to have uh, with Gallon being a little bit younger, probably going to have a little bit more investment in a Zach Gallon. Uh, 
probably going to, especially being the, the type of pitcher he can be, which is an ace of your staff, uh, those are very valuable, hard to find. Gitel Martes are hard to find too, but you probably put a little bit more investment to an ace pitcher than into a, a stud second baseman who also plays center field, who is not you know an elite defensive center fielder. But I also want to talk some news because the Mets are apparently interested in us Drupal Cabrera. Cabrera used to play for the New York Mets. He spent a couple seasons with the Mets from 2016 to 2018. Was pretty solid with them. And Cabrera's having a pretty solid season with the D-backs this year. Batting 251, 348 OBP, 402 slugging. Got five home runs. He's missed some games this year with injury. Has only played 59 games. But I think Cabrera has looked pretty good this year. He's still, I think, above average player, even despite being 35 years old. Despite missing three weeks with a hamstring strain, I think he's still a valuable player. He's still a guy that could play multiple positions in the infield. I'm not exactly sure what the Mets are looking for, what their need is, but I'm guessing it's a versatile infielder. If uh, they're looking to trade for a Jubal Cabrera because the Mets have been dealing with injuries all year. So they probably want Cabrera as extra insurance, a guy who already understands and is familiar with that market and that team and that franchise. So it'll probably be a good move for them. But for the D-backs, you're probably not getting much value for Cabrera in return. If you do trade away Cabrera, I doubt that you're getting back anything of significance. You're probably getting back a, a very, very middling prospect probably a guy not even ranked in the top 40 of prospects in that organization maybe you get a 24 year old maybe you get like a keegan curtis type someone who is still in their you know early to mid 20s someone who has done it on a higher level in the minor leagues maybe double a AA or triple a maybe has some success but never being called up to the big league level that's about the best you can do for a jubal cabrera uh so I wouldn't be surprised to see him move. He's going to be a hot uh, candidate. Maybe a Steven Vogt as well that we've talked about. David Peralta, Eduardo Espar. We've gone through the list. Merrill Kelly. Anyone 32 or older, 31 or older, even 30 or older, I wouldn't be surprised to see. I wouldn't surprise to see get moved. I think anyone who is not locked in for the foreseeable future, anyone who's not Gallon, Marte, or Pavin Smith, even a Caleb Smith, who is locked down for the next couple of seasons, if, they, if their contract doesn't extend beyond 2022, uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be with the D-backs much longer, especially if they're over 30 as well. But we'll see what the MLB trade deadline brings. I'm always excited for any trade deadline in any sport. I think it's always a fun time. I love rumors. I love reacting to rumors. I love reacting to news. I love narratives. So this is what makes sports fun. I mean, off-season. The off-season now is just as fun as the in-season. And for D-backs fans, it's probably even more fun because... Uh, I mean, maybe not because D-backs don't even like to participate in the offseason. So uh, why are you guys even D-backs fans? I mean, they don't do anything in season. They don't do anything off season. Why are we here rooting for the D-backs? I don't know how they stole our hearts, but that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!